Welcome to episode four of Sim Nation. Today I have a special guest. I got my brother Casey, who is a the family Michigan State Sparty fan, uh, along with his wife Jackie, who is a Spartan alum. So she deserves she she gets it. Uh, but we're going to take a look today at the eighty eight eighty nine. Michigan Wolverines, the national champs, against the 1999-2000 Michigan State Spartan national champion teams. Um, we are both living in the Detroit area. We're from Michigan. We grew up in Detroit. So that's why it's got this Michigan twist to it. Casey, thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. No problem, brother. Um, all right. So transparency, first of all, we just spent a good – 20 minutes having a great conversation about Tom Izzo and your allegiance to Michigan State, and then I realized I never hit the record button. <laughs> it, was a, it was a great conversation. It was great. Oh, yeah. Um, so. Good warm-up. Yeah, yeah. It's that, those, are, those are the, uh, what do they call those, the lost sessions, the, the lost tapes. Right. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's get back. Let's talk real quick, though. Um, it's like deja vu, Groundhog Day here. Um, I... I've known you all your life. I am 10 years older. So the question of Michigan State, is it because you were is it is it because you married a Sparty or were you a Michigan State fan prior to that? I was a Michigan State fan prior to that, but if if we're going way back, I mean in elementary school, you'll remember this. I had Michigan wallpaper. So I wasn't yes, always did. Sparty. I was a Michigan fan early on, very early. But it all started basically eighth grade, I would say. I really got into the Michigan State basketball teams, uh, the 99, the 2000, the 2001 team that you know, made the three straight Final Fours. So I really got into them then, really liked watching their games. And then I took a school trip to Michigan State, really enjoyed it. And then obviously I met Jacqueline in high school, and she ended up going to Michigan State. I went up there a lot obviously, to visit, and I just, I really took a liking to it, and it really took it to another level, so then, you know, we get married, and obviously, now I'm ending up with a Michigan State golf bag, and everything Michigan State, and, uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm on that side, for sure. Yeah, I mean, like, we went golfing last year, and I thought I was golfing with Dwayne Stevens for a second, I'm like, good lord, look, at I mean, he's got the golf bag, and cover head, I mean, club head, yeah, club head covers, covers, it's like, good Gravy. All right. Got a green car, Michigan State green car with the Michigan State emblem on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, again, hey, nothing wrong with that. I'm a big fan of Michigan State. I love I mean, again, we talked about we're from Adana, so we have no allegiance. I mean, there's only one team we hate, and that's Siena Heights. You know, screw those bastards. But besides that, we have no hatred. So, so I, I'm, a, I'm a state fan, too. I like Michigan. I just, as they say on the radio sometimes, I just hope everyone has a good time. That's kind of how I am at times. So, all right. You know, let's go back to that car. Go ahead. I, I, I think you lean more Michigan, obviously. I mean, you grew up li- listening to the Bob Eufer CDs, <laughs> and you got, you've got that Michigan side, I think, a little bit more. I would say you're probably 70-30 Michigan. Is that fair? Maybe I maybe sixty forty. Here's the thing: like okay. when they, when they play football, 
and I know this is, I mean, people are going to say bandwagon jump or whatever. My, the way I approach the Michigan State Michigan football games is this who's got the best season and don't screw it up. You know, so let's say if Michigan State, so like a couple years ago, Michigan State was doing really well. I wanted Michigan State to win because whichever team's got the better chance to, you know, make a national championship, make the playoffs, whatever. I'm going I'm to root for I want that team to do well. I don't want it to ruin their chances. Now, last year when they both were good, I wanted a good game, but I'm not going to lie. I, I was kind of hoping. I, I was more Michigan than Michigan State. I like. I mean, yeah, I grew up with it. I mean, right. our dad, We when I was a kid, we listened to the review for records. I, he gave me one. I mean, yes, I I don't have too many uh who's the George Blaha records. I, I don't I don't listen, you know, or uh who's who's the basketball guy? Will Teeman. Yeah. Steeman Steeman Willie Teeman. Yeah. No, I, I don't I don't have those. Um yeah, I'm probably more Michigan. I am. I mean yeah. whatever. I I hate I, I hate the Michigan arrogance, but I also I mean I'm more Michigan. I am. Well, I'm, I'm, as you know, I'm so well entrenched on the MSU side now that it's, you know, the Michigan-Michigan State rivalry. I'm obviously fully Michigan State now. And, um, you know, I, I will say this, though. John Beeline. I love John Beeline. Oh, yeah. He was awesome. I oh, yeah. I, I mean. So, he's got a special place in my heart. Well, I mean, and that's the same. I mean, I I I love I love Tom Izzo, you know, John Beeline. To, now I I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. I'm extremely disappointed with Juwan Howard. I, I think he's gone from someone who I thought to myself, wow, that you know, he was. I always looked at him as he was the grown up of the Fab Five. He was the mature one. Now I'm looking. I'm like, you're a jackass. Just like I mean, to me, Jalen Rose is the is the mature one. Yeah. No, you know, he's he, a Wisconsin coach doesn't help. Doesn't help that yeah. It just, it's like, dude, come on. I mean, I like John Beeline too. I, I was a huge Beeline fan and, uh, you know, but uh, when you, when he's the, he, I mean, he watched me play basketball. So I mean, he knows talent. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Wow, who's that? Who's that number thirteen sitting on the bench? You know, keeping score. <laughs> All right, um, let's go. Ta- real quick, let's talk about Tom Izzo. I asked earlier, and we had a great conversation, so we're not going to replicate that. But I asked the question: Tom Izzo, is he is he past his prime? Is he losing it a little bit? Is he? And when I say losing it, is he not connecting with today's player more? Do, what do you think? I wouldn't say that he's losing it. He's obviously closer to the end than he is from the beginning, and I think things have changed. Um, obviously, with the NIL and with uh, the transfer portal, those go against kind of what he stands for, I think, you know, when it comes to he's a big, I'm going to recruit you, I'm going to coach you for three or four years, you're my guy, you're going to work your way up in the program. And that goes against a lot of what college basketball has become. 
it still works some instances. You know, if you look at his low points and you look at his floor, I mean, he's made his 25th straight NCAA tournament. So his floor is being a lower seed in the NCAA tournament, which is not a bad floor to have. Um, but, you know, if you look a little bit a couple years ago, you know, the COVID year, 2019, they made the Final Four. So he still had some decent, obviously some really good years in the not-so-distant past. But is he the same coach he was 10, 15 years ago? No. Um, so I, I think in some ways the game is passing him by a little bit. Um, but he's still got a really good recruiting class. And if you look ahead to, you know, when he does retire – you kind of have to be a little bit worried about, well, what comes next. Uh, there have been some assistants that have come in the program and that they've talked about, well, maybe he's the next guy, maybe he's the next guy. Well, maybe, but it's going to be hard to replicate what Tom Izzo's done over the years, and you got to be careful because there's been a lot of historically good programs that went through some tough years, Indiana being one of them, uh, until they found their next guy. So, Yeah, I mean, it's definitely be careful what you wish for. Be careful right. what be you careful wish what for. you wish for, and if you you know you think this is passing the passing them by, well, you know who knows what the future might bring. And don't get me wrong, I am not wishing that he leaves. I I think he's a great coach. Um, I do look. I mean, like I'm looking at the roster right here for the '99 2000 team, and I think the issue right now that he's facing is a a classic. Tom Izzo player is that they are the star. They they come t- into their full, they, they reach their full potential their senior year. Right. Cassius Winston. You know. Exactly. Drew Neitzel. I mean, all these players you look at, um, they reach their potential their senior year. Well, you weren't going to keep some of these players, some of the top recruits all four years so i think that's part of the issue is we're not seeing the best that these players have but it's because they're not going through the full iso experience maybe exactly yeah i mean even if you look at just in the last five years or so a guy they lost last year kid max christie who ended up <laughs> drafted by the lakers and what he was a second rounder if you give him that's bad. That kid got bad advice. Yes, yes, and, it, and that's happened a few times. You know, Deontay Davis was another guy who, you know, from four years ago. Oh yeah, five years ago maybe. He was so he was the, so damn skinny. If the wind blew, if the wind blew, he'd fall over. Right, but these are uh, these are all guys that left their freshman year. That you know, if they stuck around three four years in the program, they could have been all Americans. You never know, and it's. Yeah, Izzo, that's Izzo's way, and it's just it's harder to execute it in this day and age of college basketball for sure. Yeah, so I don't know. I just It's something as I'm watching and I'm getting ready for the tournament, and I don't know, especially the Ohio State game, I just I was like, this is not an Izzo team. I'm sorry. It was just it was like right. that, was, that was ugly. It's ugly. It was, it was bad. Ugly. God, it was bad. All right, let's get into this here. So – the Michigan 2000 or 1988-89 team. They, so it's kind of funny. I mean, this is the team Bill Frieder left um, and went to coach Arizona State. Made the announcement before 
the tournament began. And Bo Beckler has the famous speech, and I'm going to play it here. Casey, you can't hear, but this is the famous Bo Beckler speech. The press. I don't want somebody from Arizona State coaching a Michigan team. I want that understood. Michigan man is going to coach Michigan. So he says, I, I don't want a... I don't want a Arizona State coach to coach a Michigan team. A Michigan man is going to coach Michigan, and he has Steve Fisher coach. Now, the thing is, and I think people don't realize this, and I'll be honest, I didn't realize this until I started doing some research. Bill Freer didn't leave Michigan because Michigan sucked. He didn't leave. I mean, Michigan ended the season. Where do you think Michigan ranked in the AP poll? at the end of the season before the tournament started? Uh, I'm going to say just uh, looking at their record, probably top 20, top 15. 10. 10? They're ranked 10th. <laughs> 30 and 7, 12 and 6, third in the Big Ten, only, only behind Illinois, who had probably one of their greatest teams ever, and Indiana, okay, with Bobby Knight and, you know, he – that was the time he had a huge team. Bill Frieda left because Bo Schembechler became the AD. And I watched this movie. I watched the uh, a, um, Big Ten Network did a documentary. Bill Frieda said, he goes, Bo and I got along great when he was just the coach. It was when he became the boss is when things got a little uh, dicey because he wanted, he wanted certain things and that's not how I wanted to do them. And we had some run-ins. So he went to Arizona State because he didn't want to work for Bo. It wasn't the players. It wasn't the team sucked. But I think a lot, of, a lot of time. I mean, now you look at it and you're like, oh, the coach left. It's kind of. I mean, it's kind of like Texas right now. And I, you know, Texas they got rid of Chris Beard, and I, and I don't even know who's coaching the team right now. But it wasn't because the team sucked. It, I mean, Chris Beard was accused of something terrible. But yeah. Bill Freer left because he didn't want to work for Bo. So, you know, he didn't leave because of the team. Because he, right. you know, and he wanted to coach the team. Schembecker said, you're not coaching the team. You know, F off. You get out of here. We're not, you're not, no, that's not happening. Um, that sounds like Bo. Oh, my God, yes. Uh, I also found it interesting, uh, starting five, no, not, I'm sorry. Take that back. Not starting five. Their starting five was Ramil Robinson, Mike Griffin, Glenn Rice, Terry Mills, Lloyd Vaughn. They had six NBA players on this team. They had six wow. NBA players. Glenn Rice, Ramil Robinson, Lloyd Vaughn, Terry Mills, who played for the Pistons, Sean Higgins, who came off the bench, oh, yeah. who they yeah. said was... The reason why Mike Griffin was, was on... Mike Griffin was, I mean... Stat wise, he was not a guy. He, he averaged two point seven points, two point four rebounds, two point eight assists. What was he on the what was he on the starting five for? Defense. He was a defender. He was a lockdown defender. And then you had and this one I almost fell out of the kitchen chair when I read this. The other NBA player on this team, Demetrius Caleb. <laughs> Demetrius Caleb. Yep. He he made the NBA. All right. So anyways, so they end up 10th in the AP poll. 
They averaged 91 points a game. They only allowed 74 points a game. Now, again, different time period, but still, they're a good team. They were number three in the Southeast. So, I mean, again, they, you know, shocked the world. They came from nothing. They were number three. They were a number three seed in the Southeast region. They were number 10 in the nation. They're a good team. Right. If you were to compare that to, you know, tournaments that you see nowadays where you get, you know, six seeds and under going into the final four, that's, that's not that big of a deal. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I pulled up the final AP poll of 1989. Uh, just I was curious. So you had Michigan at number 10. Number nine was Duke. Okay. So, okay. Number one was Arizona, Georgetown, Illinois. Uh, number 18 was Ball State. Ball State? Yeah, baby. Wow. <laughs> But here's the thing I found interesting. They played Seton Hall in the finals, okay? The, 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 yep. the great final went into overtime first. I think it was the first game ever to go into overtime for championship. P.J. Carlissimo's. P.J. Carlissimo, yep. Him in his sweater vest. Seton Hall, and they ended the season, they were number 11. They were a third seed, too. So, I mean, they're a good team. So, I mean, I just yeah. I, I found it interesting, you know? Because when I, I talked to a couple people, and I'm like, yeah, we're going to do the 89. And they're like, oh, yeah, that boy, that was the team. They came from nothing. And I'm thinking, and I started looking at them like, they were worthy. They were a good team. Yeah, they weren't that bad, right? <laughs> yeah, they're pretty good. Um, all right, so you chose, so that, that's my rant about Michigan. You chose Michigan State, the 99-2000 team. What do you remember of them? championship and hugging Izzo at the end and crying and all that. So, I mean, you, the Flintstones, you know, the guy, guys all coming from Flint, and you got Mateen Cleaves, Charlie Bell as a great wing player, and Morris Peterson. Um, just uh, kind of a, a, I'd be curious, I wonder if there's a stat person out there that would be able to figure it out. I'm sure that, it, but I would say this is the only championship team that the last shot of the game was taken by a billionaire, Matt Ishbia. <laughs> I mean, you got the mortgage tycoon on the back coming off the the, the owner of the Phoenix Suns. points. That's right, owner of the Phoenix Suns. So, I, I mean, when I think about that team, I think about just how overall they had a lot of. It was a, they didn't have a particular superstar. I mean, Morris Peterson is probably the closest thing that they had to a superstar, but they won by playing defense. Obviously, Izzo Ball rebounding. You had a young Jason Richardson coming off the bench. Um, I mean, it was just it was about depth. It was about yeah. I forgot. Basketball. I forgot Jason Richardson was was on this team. Yep, yep. That was his freshman year, and uh, you know, you just you had a lot of a lot of depth and a lot of team ball, and just I mean, I remember one thing I do remember about that tournament was they played Wisconsin in the Final Four. And that game was a grind. And you just, you look back at I, I don't remember the exact score, but I remember it was a very low-scoring game. And it probably to the national audience, it was the ugliest basketball you could imagine. But it was your typical Big Ten, you know, black and blue bruises kind of game. 
And so for a Midwestern, you know, people watching the game, I'm sure it was very, enter- you know, it was very entertaining for Big Ten basketball fans. But to the overall audience, it was probably a terrible basketball game to watch. Well, um, it's interesting. Oh, go, go ahead. But then, I mean, also, I remember they – and I, I wonder if he – is he still in the NBA? I don't know. But Florida, at that time, when they played Florida in the finals, had Udonis Haslam. Oh, he probably that is. Just show how, how long he's been in the league. <laughs> he's, probably, he's actually still in the league. He Let me see. If he is, he's on Miami. I guarantee you that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's so, um, well, I, I, I forgot they played Wisconsin. It's interesting because Michigan, in their semifinal, played Illinois. Oh, is that right? So it's it's interesting that oh, they both played a conference foe in the in the final four matchup. So and the other thing with this Michigan State team, and this is more of a since then kind of a damning statement on the Big Ten, is it's the last Big Ten team to win the national title. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're talking 23 years now. I know. Yeah. Yeah, pretty ugly. It's not good. Not good. All right. So here's our rosters. Uh, We've got for Michigan, Ramil Robinson, point guard, Mike Griffin, shooting guard, who doesn't shoot much, Uh, Glenn Rice, who shot all the time. Uh, Glenn Rice averaged 25.6 points per game in the – in the tournament, he broke the record at the time. And I now this was the one thing I forgot to check. I don't know if he still has the record. But he w- it was over 180 points in six games. He averaged over 30 wow. points. He averaged over 30 points. He was unstoppable. Terry Mills, power forward, and then Lloyd Vaught uh, was center. Home team or Michigan State, Mateen Cleaves, point guard. So Ramil Robinson, Mateen Cleaves. Mateen Cleaves, I think, wouldn't you say? Yeah, probably. Charlie Bell, he's going to get shut down by Mike Griffin. If you're looking at offensive output, it's Charlie Bell, but Mike Griffin's defender. I mean, um, here's what gets me. I thought it was going to be Morris Pearson against Glenn Rice. They got Morris Pearson as a center. Was he a center? Uh, No. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I'm like, wait a second. Well, if I remember right, I... Because I'm like I'm like Glenn Rice I'm, I'm because I'm thinking Glenn Rice Mo Pete that's a great matchup. Yeah, oh for sure. And, uh, he was he was definitely not a center. If I remember right, they had Mike Chappelle that started and Morris Peterson. It was a, I remember it was a big deal with him. They they brought him off the bench and he was like the sixth man, but he played starters minutes. You know. I'm going to switch it. I'm, I'm switching it. We can do this on whatifsports.com. I'm switching it. I'm making Morris Pearson the small forward and yeah. A.J. Granger the center. Okay, yeah. That, Just that's, be, that's, I mean, that's at least closer. I think Andre Hudson is probably the center. But well, I, way, Here's I a name I forgot forward. about, too, from the 2000 team. Al Anagagne. Yeah, Aloysius. Yes, yeah. I love that guy. He was great. <laughs> All right, here we go. So we go two out of three. Two out of three, and we'll see how it goes. Um, last time we played UNLV against Michigan, it was just, all right, let's play one more, just see if they can stop UNLV. Is this a neutral site? Or well, we got it at home court. We'll, we can go neutral site, okay. but it always, we tried that for the football one, and it went, it still went to uh, whatever the home field was. So, 
All right, here we go. So in the first matchup, uh, Michigan State against Michigan. Michigan State wins 98-92. This is a pretty good game here, looks like. Uh, Michigan came back in the second half. All so, high scoring. Yeah, real high scoring. Um, okay, hold on a second here. I got to look. Morris Pearson hit 25 points. Glenn Rice at twenty three, so Mo Mo Pete won that one. Are you are you? But did you see Ramil Robinson scored twenty seven points? Wow, that's a lot of points for Ramil Robinson. Yes, it is. But here here's Michigan's problem. You've got twenty three from Rice, twenty seven from Robinson, twelve from Mills, and that's it for your double digit scorers, folks. Next highest is Sean Higgins with nine. Where Michigan State, yeah. you've got Mateen with 10, Morris Peterson with 25, Andre Hudson with 11, Charlie Bell with 22. Okay, Mike Griffin didn't stop him. Uh, and Jason Richardson had 12. So definitely, definitely more balanced. Though. It was a balanced attack, yeah. Um, one thing I always like looking at is free throws. That, to me, tells... And maybe maybe falsely because, you know, someone said last time they go, well, you know, it could be end of the game, you're fouling. But, again, if you – to me, if a team has more free throws, that means you're more aggressive. I don't know. What, what's your thought on that? Uh, yeah, typically. That's what I would say, too. So it looks like Michigan State had 10 more free throw attempts. Um, well, they, look at that three-point percentage for Michigan State, 61.5%. There's where they won the game. It's always, right, well, I mean, it's only – Eight of thirteen, but still, I mean, that's a that's a good clip there. Yeah, I mean, eight, when you can make when you're only missing five, that's pretty damn good. You know, I mean, fifty four percent field goal percentage, sixty one percent three point percentage. They did and turnovers eight. Okay, this does look like a Tom Izzo team. Eighteen turnovers. <laughs> they just they turn it over all the time. It drives me nuts. But again, uh, fourteen yeah, turnovers for Michigan. So. So there you have it. All right, so. Wow, 98 points. They scored 98 points with 18 turnovers, huh? Yeah. That's, that's impressive. <laughs> that is. That's, that's doing something there. All right, so Michigan State up 1-0. One, one Here we go. Second matchup. Let's see what happens. And Michigan State. Works another win here. It, uh, 92-86. So, really, they lost by they won by six, eight or six points each. Uh, close games, you know. Um, yeah. Again, can, diversified scoring. Michigan did not have it. I mean, look at. All right, so we've got Glenn Rice, twenty-seven points. After that, you have Terry Mills with twelve, and that's it. And then you've got Lloyd Vault with ten, Mark Hughes, a Mark Hughes sighting with ten. Ramil had nine. Mike Griffin really wasn't a scorer. Was I'm he? telling you, he was terrible. <laughs> he was terrible. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, he was there for defense. He really was. I mean, he was not a scorer. He was very frustrating to watch. I'm not gonna lie. There are times it's like, oh good lord, why are you on the court? But the thing was, he was consistent. He knew his role. Sean Higgins was this superstar in the making 
they were like, he's the next Glenn Rice. He's going to be. And he, sometimes he let, he let the success or his, he read his press clippings. Let's just say that. He read his press clippings. And there's a part in the uh, documentary where he was talking about leaving. You know, when Frieder left, he goes, I might go too. Right. And, and Bo goes, Higgins, I'm sick and tired of seeing your name in the paper. You want to leave? I'll pack your bags for you. Sean Higgins goes, <laughs> holy Christ, he knows my name. <laughs> and, and Glenn Rice was like, it's all they needed to say. He was good. He, he wasn't going to do anything else. <laughs> so, I mean, so he, you got Michigan. So Michigan, again, scoring-wise, it wasn't there. Michigan State, 13 for Cleves. A.J. Granger, 16 points. More, Mo Pete, 16. David Thomas. Who? Wendy's. No, I just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in between the doubles, he scored 10. <laughs> L. Anagany, 13. Yeah, look at that. Charlie Bell, 11. So, I mean, you had one, two, three, four, five, six players in double digits. So, I mean, again, in free throws, free throws, 28 f- attempts for Michigan State, 23 of 28, 82% free throws. That's damn good. Um, Michigan, 9 for 15. Again, not aggressive. I mean, when, when Michigan State's shooting 13 more, and I'm sorry, you're not going to shoot 13 in the last minute. So you're not getting, I mean, that's, you're just, you're more aggressive. That's my right. belief. Yeah. Um, yeah, three pointers not balance. three pointers though. No bueno for uh, Michigan State. <laughs> Five for eighteen, twenty-seven percent. Well, they did it all the first game. Were they shooting underhand? Christ! <laughs> but then you have Michigan. They only shot eight three pointers. You've got Glenn F and Rice on the team, and you're only shooting eight three pointers, and he shot six of them. What the hell are they doing? <laughs> Here I am getting upset at a simulated game. <laughs> All right. Well, between Michigan State, Michigan, the house divided, Michigan State proves the superior superior team, and uh, they are victorious. Case, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Hope you had a good time. Absolutely. Anytime. Yeah, it was, it was a blast. And uh, we'll, we'll do some for, for baseball, and um, we'll do other basketball stuff too, but uh, – yeah, we'll so definitely uh, to join you we'll, we'll call you up and we'll uh, have some more fun with that. All right, thanks for do, doing this, case and uh, thank you. On uh, Apple Podcasts and any other podcast uh, devices that you, you, that you get our show, because we have eight followers. Did you know nice. that? Yeah, Very well, seven, because I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so seven. Um, but yeah, rate, review... Uh, I never thought I would have to say that, but rate review. We also have an email, uh, simnationpodcast4 at gmail.com. If you ever want to have a, if you're ever curious about a uh, matchup, email us. We'll, we'll run it for you. We don't care. We'll, we're always looking for uh, other games, and it's going to get to a point that we're, that the well runs dry for us, so we're going to need some help. <laughs> so, so yeah, simnationpodcast4 at gmail.com. Feel free to email us, rate review, and, uh, We'll see you next time. We're going to uh, we got some baseball coming up. I'm we're going to have Dad come on, and uh, we're going to do a uh, we're going to do a opening day special, and uh, we got some hockey coming up with the playoffs coming. So we got some other things coming up. 
So we're it'll be fun. Nobody better to have but dad for the baseball. Absolutely, absolutely. Our our baseball resident, the, the champion of the original sim simulation uh, league. When he and I did it over COVID, he's got that little <laughs> mini trophy. So, all right, Casey, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. No and problem. have a, for me. have a great day.